I really had in my heart this morning that word I just shared right at the end of worship, that no word from God will ever fail. It's, it's the NIV translation of, I think it's the 38th verse of Luke chapter 1. And it's the NIV and it says that no word from God will ever fail. It's the passage in there talking about when the angel of God had come to Mary and told her that uh, about the, the whole situation and about her becoming impregnated with Jesus and and you know she her question was how could that be I'm not even married I've never been with a man that was her question which is an honest question but after the angels told her it would be a God thing she she said so be it according to the word and and nothing is impossible with God and the NIV translation there is that no word from God will ever fail and sometimes we've got to work on understanding how a word from God won't fail. You know, okay? So that word for Mary, and, and what Mary said out of her mouth, those words as she put those out there didn't fail. Nothing is impossible with God, is one translation. That, that, that with God, nothing is impossible. So she said that, and as a result of that, she received what the Holy Spirit brought to her and to her womb, and she was impregnated with Jesus. That word didn't fail. So it's not just any of the word that doesn't fail for you. It's the word that you have in you that's a part of you that you're declaring and it's that word that doesn't return void. It's that word that never fails. It's the word that you believe. Because the word of God that we have today, from Genesis to Revelation, in these 66 books of this book, all of this word is true. The Bible says that God can't lie. It's not that God could lie and He chooses not to. He can't. It's impossible that God would lie. He cannot lie. So this word is truth. And, the, and, and this word says, let God be true and let every devil, every man, everybody else be a liar. In other words, anybody else's opinion about anything, let it be a lie. The word of God is true. And the words that don't fail for us are the words that we believe. I read this verse of Scripture. I wasn't going to necessarily read it right now, but I read this earlier today, and it's found in Matthew 21 and verse 22. And it says, um, there's uh, three of the Gospels mentioned this passage, but I like the way it says it. I like what it says here, the words that are used here. And it's verse 22 of Matthew 21, and it says, And whatever things that you ask in prayer, comma, believing, comma, you will receive. Whatever things that you ask in prayer. So, is part of prayer, this, you know, we, and we've taught this many times you know, through the years in, in, 
in, in this church that there are different types of prayer. There's prayers of consecration where the will of God is becoming known to your life, where you're praying and asking God to know what His will is. If you don't, if you don't know what the will of God is, then faith can't come alive. Faith will only come alive when the will of God is known. Faith can only be exercised for a specific thing when you know what the will of God is. So when I know what the will of God is, and I'm asking in prayer, this passage of Scripture says, believing, you will have what you ask for. You'll receive the things that you ask for. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but sometime. If, you, if you're believing, if you're in a place of believing, and to believe something is to be thoroughly convinced that it's right. And when I become thoroughly convinced that it is the will of God that I'm healed, that I'm prosperous, that I'm whatever, when I am thoroughly convinced that it is the will of God, then I will receive the things that I'm asking for. So today in our summer reruns that we've been, that I told you we're going to do throughout the year, uh, I mean throughout the summer, from the things of this year and, and, and towards the end of last year, um, we did a series in the month of November last year um, entitled A Thankful Heart. That was the title of it then. And so I'm taking one message out of that month of what we, what we talked about regarding having a thankful heart, and I'm entitling it today, um, the title of my message is Grateful or Hateful? I think that's what I titled it, right? Yeah. <clears throat> grateful or hateful. So, in the word, or, or in, in a number of different dictionaries, I've taken these two words, grateful and hateful, and defined them. To be grateful is to be thankful, without regret, or without being possessive or selfish. Being grateful is thankful with no strings attached. Hateful is like the exact opposite. It's to be ungrateful, very unpleasant, undesirable, unlovable, and full of You can just imagine all the words that go to be full of. When you're operating in hatefulness, you're full of a lot of stuff, right? And I don't know about you, but I know things that I've hated. I know at times in, in my life, in my younger years, that I hated people. I despise them. Some of the words in, in hateful are, I, you know, I was very ungrateful for different people. I had no desire to be thankful for them. I was very unpleasant when I was around them. I was unlovable and I was, and, and all of those things were that way because I was full of some stuff. Well, I got born again, and when I got born again, things begin to change because I begin to realize through the Word what I was full of. 
There were things that I was full of, the things that controlled my life and things and attitudes that, that I had, unlovable attributes about me towards different people that, quote, had hurt me, or I thought they had. And a lot of times, people can hurt us or have attitudes and things toward us, and so we view them as the enemy. And we have hatred or we're unlovable towards them. And the Bible is real clear that when you have hatred toward another person, you know what the Bible calls it? Murder. I didn't call it that, but the Bible did. And um, sometimes when we have attitudes toward people and we treat people a certain way, those attitudes come off like we don't care whether they die or live. And God doesn't want your life to be sowing that type of seed. He wants you to be sowing seeds of love and gratitude and thankfulness and no strings attached and being able to look beyond or past the things that people appear to be controlled by and not being moved by that and letting that control what you do. And to do that, what has to come and become a part of our life, not just something that we do every once in a while, but something that becomes a way of life, is having a thankful heart and being grateful and thankful and appreciative of the things that we have. Many times people can't be thankful for things in their life because they're so focused on what's not happening. And ungrateful and, and, and an attitude of lacking gratitude because they're so focused on what's not working out. And I'm telling you that thankfulness can become a weapon in your life to see things change. I'm going to say it again. I see thankfulness as a weapon. A weapon to do and bring destruction on the enemy and not on people. People are not your and my problem. The devil is humanity's problem. And he works overtime to convince people that God can't do what he's promised. But the more I thank God on a daily basis for the great things that he has done, it causes me to be aware of his greatness instead of focused on natural carnal things and stuff around me. And, and I'm not saying that you're, you ignore the issues or the problems that you have with people or things around you because the problems are real and the attitudes are real. But thankfulness becomes a weapon that destroys what those ungrateful attitudes or things that are working at you, that thankfulness will destroy that from, from ruling and controlling your life. Because I promise you, hatred will take you down. Ungratefulness will take you down. Focused, your, your focus being on you and how you're being treated, and that self-centered attitude will bring you down every single time. And the Bible's real clear of it. So, today... We're just going to read a few verses of Scripture and look at what gratefulness and thankfulness can produce. I'm going to start with Psalm 103 and verse 1. Psalm 103 and verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Actually, the Amplified says it 
the way I want, it uses the word that my message today is entitled or part of it. The Amplified says in verse 1, Bless, affectionately, gratefully, praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me, bless His holy name. Now the Amplified so detail will will be there forever, so let's go back to the New King James. (laughs) But, But I like the word gratefully. Let's gratefully bless the Lord with, our, with all of our soul. Amen? Verse 2. Gratefully bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. Who forgives all of my iniquities, heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. I'm so grateful that He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. I'm so thankful today that He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. Amen? That that I'm strong and youthful in my attitude, my thinking, the way that my, my, my perception on life, and I have a grateful perspective on the lives of other people. Man, I tell you, I I just, it seems like I I could tell story after story after a while. I get tired of listening to my own stories. But, um, you know, I could tell story after story just of of people that I come in contact with that my heart breaks for. People that I come in contact with on a daily basis or a weekly basis. Just somebody new that you, you see somewhere in a store or a restaurant or you see driving down the road or, you know, in a drive through at a place or whatever. It's just people that are hurting and they're angry and they're, and they're resentful and they, and they don't like anybody. And, and it's everybody else's problem for the problems that, or it's everybody else that are the problem for them having problems in life. You know, and you see those people everywhere. I don't want to be that kind of a person, but I don't want to be against somebody like that. I don't want to let that attitude in other people dictate the way I respond to situations. I want to be a person that is helping to make a difference in the world. And I'm telling you, the only way is to have this grateful attitude. Let's read that verse again. Let's gratefully thank the Lord with everything that is within us for all the benefits that we have. Stop and think for a minute what benefits that you have. If you're, a, if, you're a part of, if you're a part of some group or organization, there's always benefits that go with those, being a part of that, if you're, if you're a member. If you're a child of the body of Christ, if you're a child of the kingdom, you're, you're a child of the king, there are benefits that go with that. And, and you know what? You need to spend the rest of your life writing down all the benefits that you have for being in the kingdom of God. I mean, on a day-to-day basis, be actively aware of the fact that you have these specific benefits. Huh? I mean, it, 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 you know, if you have frequent flyer miles with some airlines, there's benefits that go with that. You know, if you're a part of some hotel chain and the family of that hotel chain, there are benefits that go with those kind of things. If you're a part of some organization out there, there's benefits. But I'm telling you, the benefits for living in God, there's no ceiling to it. There's no limit to it. They're on and on and on and on. And you need to be thankful and grateful and reminding yourself on a daily basis of what those benefits are. That's what he said. Let's be grateful for the benefits of God. 
who does what? He just mentions a few. He's forgiven me of everything I've ever done. Woo! <laughs> Glory to God. Where would any of us be without that forgiveness? Huh? He heals all of my diseases, no matter what attacks your body. I don't care what happens. And, and, and someone says, well, just pray that nothing will ever happen. That's a ridiculous prayer. That'll never happen. Stuff comes. But when it comes, thank God for the benefits. Amen? He heals our diseases. And, and someone says, well, yeah, but, you know, well, but, but somebody died. Okay, okay. There's a time to live and a time to leave. And, and people are born and people die and things happen. But it can't change the way that you have faith for what God will do, not only for you, but in you encouraging other people that he'll do the same thing. See, if we never come through things, we have no testimonies. I heard a doctor on a, on a Christian television show one day say, said, you know, the people that really concern me are the people that their bodies have never fought sickness. He said, he said he, he, was, he had talked about some guy that came in and he was a, he was a farmer. And, and the guy had told him, I hadn't, I, I, you know, he was like 75 years old. He said, I've never been sick a day in my life. And something attacked his body and his body didn't know what to do. And he died because he gave in because he had never fought. Big, strong, burly guy, farmer, you know, you know, you would think nothing could take somebody like that out. But sickness took him out because he didn't know how to fight because he had never fought. He'd never been sick, never been attacked. You see, by the stripes of Jesus, you and I are healed, right? I am healed today. I'm healed tomorrow. If something hurts in my body, I'm still healed. Right? It doesn't change a thing. But things come, and when things come at us, the Word works. Because we live in a fallen world that's full of sicknesses and disease. How many know there's all kinds of sicknesses and diseases out there that are killing people every single day? Right? And now, there's a boatload of sicknesses that there's no antibiotics or, or, or different uh, medicines that, that can even help those because th there's these new strains of diseases in the earth that, that, that it's like there's no answer for. But by the stripes of Jesus, we're healed. Okay? And, and listen, at the end of the day, thank God for doctors and thank God for medicines and all that kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, my faith is in Jesus. By His stripes, I was healed right? Everybody has different journeys. Everybody has different things that come against them. Stuff here, stuff there. But the stronger that we grow and the grateful and more thankful that we are for the benefits that are yours today. You're not, you may not be facing anything today, but I'm telling you, it's a good day to thank God that by His stripes you're healed. Amen? Amen? It, it, when you're not facing something, it's a good time. Because the stronger you get when the things are good, when something comes, you're, you're that much stronger and ready to handle it. And listen, many of the persecutions that come against the righteous, but my God will deliver me from all of them. That's part of the benefits of God. That's part of the insurance policy of being connected to the kingdom. He's redeemed my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies that not a one of us in here deserve. Only because of the blood of Jesus, and because of the blood of Jesus, I deserve all of it. <laughs> because of the blood.
Apart from the blood, I don't deserve a thing. But because of the blood, I deserve it all. Because of what he accomplished. Hmm? It says, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus, he endured the cross, he despised all the shame, because he saw you and I. And if it had just been him, you, that he saw, he would have done it. And he saw you when he faced the cross and all the shame and all the things that he was accused of that he never did. Think of it. He took all the sickness and disease that's ever been known and ever will be known to man, he took on himself and he was never sick. He took it all on himself. All the sins that people have ever committed or ever will commit, he took on himself and he never sinned. He didn't deserve any of it, and by choice, he took it on himself. Amen? So that you and I could be delivered. Those are the benefits that are ours. And that's what on a daily basis we've got to be thankful and grateful for. Because if not, if not, then our focus reverts to hatred and ungratefulness and a really foul attitude that, that is controlled by how other people treat us. And God don't want you to live that way. He wants you doing good and not ugly all the days of your life. I'm going to say it again. God, has in, he created you and intended for you to live your life doing good and not ugly all the days of your life. Everybody say good and not ugly. He didn't create you for ugly. Hmm? He didn't even create the devil who was originally Lucifer. He didn't create him for ugly. But he chose to be ugly. And he ugly. Amen? In a lot of ways. But he's defeated. And Jesus is Lord. And we're grateful for what we have. Man, am I grateful today. Amen? Who satisfies my mouth with good things. In other words, he brings to me the, the good things to say. You know, not the ugly things. The good things to speak and to say and to declare so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. In other words, the better I talk and the more grateful that I am and the more thankful that I am in life and, and, and the good that I speak over other people. And if I don't have anything good to say about somebody, I just keep my mouth shut. You know what? It causes me to be youthful. Hatred, ungratefulness, talking bad about people cause... The Proverbs is really clear. It causes the bones to dry up. And gratefulness and thankfulness puts a smile on your face and causes your bones to be moist. <laughs> Woo, I got moist bones. <laughs> I can punch even better, right? I got moist bones. Woo! I'm speaking good, and I'm talking good, and I'm looking good, and I'm happy, and I'm joyful, and I'm kind, and I just, all the days, it just fills my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. I'm getting younger every day. Amen? Younger every day. Philippians 4 and verse 4. I want to read the fourth verse in the Amplified and then go back to the New King James. So we're not here for an hour. Verse 4. 
in the Amplified. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight and gladden yourself in Him. Again, I say rejoice. Let all men know and perceive, verse 5, let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit, for the Lord is near and He is coming soon. Let's go back to the New King James. So he said, let, he said, rejoice, delight, be glad, right? Have a glad attitude and let all men know and perceive and recognize how unselfish that you are. How? By your actions. Verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. The Amplified says, don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, or prayer and asking, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. How? Through Praying and asking and declaring with a heart of thanksgiving. Oh, Father, so-and-so is so ugly to me. I just, Lord, just kill him. Number one, that prayer won't be answered. Number two, if it is, it's not going to be good on you. Right? Because if you said that, there's probably a camera somewhere that picked it up and then... They'll find out and the DA will prosecute you and they'll say you murdered them and did all that stuff. Anyway, we don't want to have that attitude, right? We don't want, we don't want to live like that. We, want, we don't want to live focused on the negative. We want to live focused on the positive. And there is a way that your heart and your mind can be guarded from torment when you fill your mouth with good things and you come before God in supplicating, asking, declaring specific things out of your mouth on a daily basis. As you do those things, it causes this attitude of gratitude and gratefulness to come over you and control you so that you're not, you're not responding or coming against people out of survival, out of frustration, out, out of whatever is on the inside of you. It liberates you as you begin to be thankful. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, from, from this day, what, what's today? June the 12th. June the 12th, 2016. If you took the next 12 months and you practiced every day, every single day. Well, back up. This is what I did. I first preached this message out of something that I did for about six months. And... I had heard a message on this preach probably over 20 years ago now. I heard this message on having a thankful heart. I heard this message preached. And when I heard it preached, it did something in me. And I thought, you know, you know what the first thought I had? Well, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And so God challenged me. He says, so I want you to go day by day. And I want you to write down every single time something comes out of your mouth that is unthankful and ungrateful, and complaining. I couldn't believe it. I didn't believe it. 
until I started writing down all the things that I let just come out of my mouth. That's, that was 20, probably close to 25 years ago. And it, and it revolutionized my thinking. It changed me. What I challenge you to do is take a period of time and do that. Every day. Every time something ungrateful and unthankful comes out of your mouth, complaining comes out of your mouth, write it down. See, you've been complaining about that, didn't even realize it. You've been talking about so-and-so and thinking it's okay because of the way they act. Well, that's all right, you know, I can say this and it's not going to end the world, you know. And, and it's almost like we have a right to do those things. Yeah, you have a right, but you're going to reap the rewards of that. See, it's not thankful and grateful. What does it do? It dries the bones up. Causes you to begin to, to even, you know, have aches and pains in your body. It, literally, Proverbs says it'll cause you to shorten your life when you have that kind of a life and you live that type of a life. Gratefulness and thankfulness will cause you to live long life. <coughs> That's what the scripture sh is showing us and reveals to us. Amen? So I challenge you to, to, to think through that and, and, and allow yourself to be aware of how much you're not grateful and thankful because it'll, it'll change things in your life if you do something about it. Amen? Um, Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. <clears throat> verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with what? Thanksgiving. As we ask and pray, as it said in, in uh, Matthew 21, as we ask and pray, the way that we continue in prayer is through daily thanking God for the things that we've declared for those coming to pass. Being thankful and grateful that even though we may not see something, if God's promised, it's coming to pass. It's coming to me. If God told me to pray about something and ask for that specific thing, then that's coming to pass as I'm grateful and thankful daily that he's producing it. The enemy try to get you to think that things won't change in your life because you're not seeing it today. That's not the way prayer works. Prayer demands patience. And it demands gratefulness and thankfulness on the road to manifestation. And God is desiring for us to see that, that it's not a one-time thing. It's not something we do for a week. It's something that becomes a lifestyle, so it has to be practiced on a continual basis. So, four things you can't operate in when you're thankful. Four things. Four things that you will not do when you're thankful. Number one, be anxious. We just read it in the passage. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God will rule over your heart and mind. That's the way it works. Anxiety and thankfulness don't mix. They're like oil and water. They won't mix. They're not created to flow together. And the more thankful you are, the less anxiety that you operate in. So thankfulness is a weapon to do what? To destroy anxious thoughts and a life of anxiety. So you can be free of that. Number two, bitterness and thankfulness don't flow together. 
bitterness and thankfulness do not flow together. And you'll find it in Ephesians 4 from verse 17 through 33. You'll find in there as you read that how that a grateful and a thankful heart is liberated from the roots of bitterness. There's a lot of things that happen in your and my life through the years that can create an attitude of bitterness and ungratefulness. Actually, an annoying attitude toward issues that try to rise up. And, and that's the result of being embittered or, uh, or, or actually bitterness and unforgiveness kind of are, are close cousins. And they work and feed off of each other. And a lot of times bitterness is the result of being unforgiving and not learning how to forgive. So, so as I begin to be thankful, what will happen is, and it's happened to me, is that roots of bitterness have been exposed and I'm able to dig those things up and give them no place. And, and it's all literally happened to me through the years as I've developed a thankful and a grateful heart for, the, for all of the benefits that God has done. Amen? So, in other words, if you're focused on the benefits of God and you're thankful for that, you can't be worrying about what's not happening. You're not going to be anxious over here and embittered and frustrated about how someone's not getting theirs for something that they did to you, you know, 35 years ago. And living it like it was yesterday. And they're not being bothered by it at all. And that's the way that thing works. The devil wants to take you down. Amen? You cannot, and we just read it in, in uh, Philippians 4, you cannot live in a, a selfish life and be thankful because thankfulness and selfishness do not flow together because selfishness does one thing. It fills its mouth with words and confessions that are all focused on you. So when you're when you're just about yourself, you're not grateful and thankful for the benefits of God. It doesn't work that way. He didn't create us that way. You will not stay only focused on you and have a grateful and a thankful heart. It just doesn't work. They don't mix. Oh, yeah, I can do it. No, you can't. You, you might do it for a day or a week or a month, but it won't last because they don't mix. You were not created to be, you were not created to be the guide of your life. You were created to trust God and then do what he says in your life. And as we learn to do that by being grateful and thankful for realizing all the things that he has done for us. You know, my attitude of gratitude toward God can only come through revelation of what his benefits are. And his benefits are never-ending and actually there's no end to it because anything that is not working in your life has already been taken care of through the blood of Jesus. I don't care what it is. There's not anything that wasn't covered under the blood. So the blood and the body of Jesus Christ and his ultimate submission and sacrifice to God and God's way of doing liberated you and I so there's not anything that's not covered. So all day long, every day, you and I can be grateful and thankful for how great that God is and not worried and anxious and bitter and selfish about all the things that aren't working out. Because I promise you, I promise you, the more thankful that you are, the answers to the things that aren't working will come. Gosh, I wish it would work some other way. Huh? Sometimes I just, God, just let me not like this person. 
okay, I like all the rest of them, but not this one. Not what they did to me. Nah! Just one. Come on. Let me just run over them and I'll repent later. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. Actually, those are the ones that are most important. The ones that are most difficult. Jesus said, what, what profit is it if you're good to somebody who's good to you? That's easy. There's no faith involved in that. But people that haven't done you right, to forgive them and love them. And you know what? Even just sitting in this crowd this morning, there's probably a thousand and one different situations or settings in people's lives. And you could say, yeah, but you don't know what they did. No, I don't. And I'm not saying that every situation just works itself out. There's things, you know, God, by the Holy Spirit, navigates us through issues that have happened to us. And not every one of them is, okay, you just have to run to that person and say, oh, I forgive you. No, that's not always the case at the moment. But God will lead you and navigate you how to deal with the situation. But it starts with being thankful. And what thankfulness does is it gets your eyes off of things and get you, get, begins to give you the ability to hear internally what the Holy Spirit wants to get over to you. And when you can hear internally, e even in spite of things that have happened to you and, ha and have gone against your life, I promise you there are answers there that you didn't even know were there. I promise you. I've done some things for people that, quote, supposedly hurt me, or at least I had it built up in my mind that they had hurt me, done me wrong, all this kind of stuff, you know. And over time, in my grateful, thankful attitude, you know, what I realized was, you know what? It, it, it wasn't all that bad. And I built that thing up and wore that thing out like a, you know, like a step, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just like wore that thing out. And that's what happens. We get so focused on something and build it up. And the, and the enemy's there to make sure that you build it up and make it bigger than it really is. We don't even realize how good and how amazing God is and all the things that God has done for us. And I'm telling you, God's done some amazing things for you. And, and if you begin your life from today on with a grateful and a thankful heart and, and begin to voice thankful things to where you're hearing yourself talk about how grateful and thankful that you are, if you can find nothing else but just talk about it and be grateful and thankful for how great God is, I'm telling you, it'll turn things in your life around. But it's not something you try for a week. It's something you begin to do, and it becomes a part of you. And that's the way God's Word is. It, it, it'll be a part of you. I, I told this story last week, I think it was, maybe the week before, that I had a, I had a, I've got some family members that, you know, that are not believers and, they believe certain other things different than what we believe. And uh, we, we were in a discussion one day just about other things, and something was brought up. And, it, and it all, something always gets brought up about God because they want to kind of push buttons in that. And, and it's not a bad thing, you know. I, I mean, I don't like to hang around it a whole lot, but, you know, I'll, I'll put up with it. And, uh, and so this person said, so, so how am I ever going to believe like you? And I said, well, you, you, you don't, you know, the way I believe is what I've interpreted the Bible to say, because we were talking about God. I said, I believe the God of the Bible. Now, I, I've got friends that don't believe the God of the Bible. They believe in other gods. And I said, and, that, and they have the right to believe whatever they want to believe. 
you know? And I said, well, why do you think your way is right? Because I said, because I've been convinced that, it, that it's right. I'm convinced. It's produced for me. It's produced great rewards in my life. I'm convinced that it's right. Well, what, why do I have to believe what you believe? I said, you don't. And then she said, well, how will I ever believe what you believe if you come and hear what I preach? Well, why would I have to do that? I said, because your thinking will never change. It'll never change if you don't hear something different. You'll just keep believing the same thing. So if you come every Sunday for a year, and they'd have to drive long distance to do that. I said, if you come every Sunday for a year, I promise you at the end of the year, you'll have some things in your mind that are challenging your thinking processes. And so that's the only way it'll change. And, and so what I'm telling you today, maybe you've never heard a message like this. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Maybe you've never been challenged to just start being thankful and grateful. You say, well, you know, what's that going to do? Well, you'll never know if you don't do it. If you, did, if, you, if you take the challenge today and you did it for a year, where would you be at the end of a year? I promise you that being thankful and filling your mouth with, mouth with thankful words and having thankful thoughts all the time is not going to bring cancer to your body. It's not going to dry your bones out. It'll begin to moisten your bones and your thinking and begin to make you pliable and open to be a blessing to other people. It'll just happen that way. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to believe what I'm even saying today. But if you do, and you practice it, and you put that to work, and other things begin to happen, <laughs> there's no end to what a grateful and a thankful life. I'm telling you ahead of time, there's no end to what a grateful and a thankful life can produce. Amen? So, and the, what did I give you, three? Yeah, and the fourth... I gave you I gave you anxious, bitter, and selfish. Okay. Selfish. And anxious, bitter, selfish. And 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 my fourth one was all included in that unforgiving. And we're, we've already touched on all that. You can't, there's no way it's impossible to be thankful and any of those four things at the same time. Now, you can be working on it and in the middle of what you're working on and confessing and meditating on and reading and studying and developing on the inside of you, that your head's full of all kinds of thoughts that pertain to that because of the world that we live in and the issues of your past. But what I'm saying is, you won't stay that way if you fill your life with grateful and thankful thoughts and words. It just works that way. And God set us up to live that type of a life he actually created you to be that way so that you could be a blessing to others. Amen? Because people won't know how good God is if, he doesn't, if people don't see that goodness in us. And that's our responsibility. And I'm telling you, like never before do we, are, are we being challenged to live that way. 
First Timothy <clears throat> chapter 5. I mean, no, no, no. Uh, First uh, Thessalonians, chapter five. That didn't look right. First, First Thessalonians, chapter five, and verse sixteen. <clears throat> and th- this is this is a real challenging three scriptures, because this is very direct and to the point. And the more you meditate on this about your personal life the more you'll embrace it, I promise you. So it says this. The first verse, verse 16, is two words. Rejoice always. The second verse is three words. Pray without ceasing. And verse 18 says, And in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in all things to give thanks. All things. And here, to me, is the thing that liberated me over everything else. It didn't say, it didn't say, thank God for all things. It said, in everything give thanks. And, and the key to that is this. In the midst of what you face, in the midst of where your life finds you at times or things that you're up against, it's in the midst of those things that thankfulness becomes the weapon coming out of our mouth as we begin to thank and be grateful. In the midst of what we face, those things begin to dissipate and leave and, and become a thing of the past in our life. But when you realize, people say, well, you know, I'm not sure what the will of God is right there. (laughs) You just read it. The will of God, first and foremost, above everything else in your and my life, is that we are the righteousness of God in Christ, and we've been called to minister righteousness and to see people reconciled to God. And the way we do that is right here. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. It's the will of God for you. Everybody say, for me. It is the will of God for you to give thanks in all things, in the midst of all things. The power of that will cause things to shut down that otherwise you would think you could never get rid of in your life. Things that torment your mind. If you've ever laid down at night and you have bad dreams and things that, want to, that come against you and torment your mind and tell you that this is never going to change in your life, I promise you, The weapon that will shut that mess down is giving thanks and glory to God and remembering all the benefits. All the benefits. One one of the passages of Scripture that is so dear and close to my heart is with God, we can do nothing. Without God, we can do nothing. With God, we can do all things. There's not anything that cannot be accomplished in and through my life if I change my words. If I change my attitude by changing my words and choosing to be grateful and thankful 
instead of hateful and ugly and, and ungrateful about what has happened to me or what isn't working in my life. It's the weapon that will cause things to change I'm talking about starting today. If you hear what I've said today and you embrace that and you make it a part of you, there's no end to what will happen. If you don't, then you'll just wonder if anything will ever happen. Well, you know, I don't know. Pastor said that, but I just don't think it'll work. Well, it won't. I promise you it won't work for you. Amen? But we weren't created to be that way. We were created to hear something, embrace it, meditate on it. As we meditate and it becomes a part of us, as we do it, it produces. God set it up that way in everything that we've ever learned. I want to end with this. First, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. <clears throat> this is a powerful verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. <clears throat> and verse... Um, verse 15. In the verses before this, it, it lists things that, that we go through. He says... Um, he said, we're hard-pressed on every side. Just living in this world, there's, there's many times we're hard-pressed, yet we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. And, and on and on, just talking about the issues and the things in life that we face. Verse 15 says, for all these things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through the many, may cause what? Thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. May cause thanksgiving to abound. Why? Because how does the grace spread to the many? When you and I spend the time to know what the benefits of God really are. So every single time that you have a pain in your body, I, man, I, every, every time I feel something in my body, physically, against my body, man, I just take them in that moment. Lord, I thank you that Jesus delivered himself up for me. By his stripes, I'm healed. I'm not saying there's not other things to do, but first and foremost, instead of going to the medicine cabinet first, first put the word out there. See what happens. Lord, I'm grateful and thankful for what Jesus did in liberating and setting me free. First and foremost, being thankful and grateful for the benefits of God. That's how, that's how it causes thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Lord, we're 